And now, Rembert explains. Hello, everyone. This is episode three of episode Rembert three. Explains. We made it. This is huge. Uh, I am here with my colleague, friend, co-author occasionally, uh, Wesley Morris. Hi. Hey, man. What's I'm, up? I'm good. Congratulations. It is beautiful in here. This coming together is kind of one of the one of the themes I want to happen in this podcast where I email someone and I'm like, yeah. where are you? And you respond, I'm like 20 blocks away. And then I say, come here right now. I did not understand <laughs> what that email was about. But the minute I got it, I wrote right back and did not understand that there was a bat signal attached yeah, to it. Yeah, no, that's like, I, I, I like plans. I like being like, hey, it's Monday. Would you like to come in on Thursday? But I also kind of like, hey, what about 45 minutes? I was, I was already out of the house. <laughs> a couple things. Yes. I want to start with something we wrote, and I want to see if there are any <sighs> loose ends, some, la- some last things we want to talk about. Uh, last week, Wesley and I wrote about Bill Cosby. This has happened a couple times, but I feel like neither one of us wants to dive in and write the sprawling feature about something, and it kind of happens at the same time. And yes. so we go, hey, you want to just kind of talk about it? We should do this. We did that with Donald Sterling. They keep getting incre- incre- like increasingly <laughs> depressed. Like, I don't know what's next. You know, the like, first the one next we one? did was Tiger Woods. Remember that? Oh, my God. Yes. That was a Sergio Garcia Tiger Woods thing, and that was like a happy, fun, like, I don't want to talk about eating or, like, being seen eating fried chicken or watermelon in front of white people. I forgot that happened. Yeah. No, I mean, that was our first one. That was fun. That was fun. And then Donald Sterling... A little less fun. A little less fun, but, like, there was still some things that, like, that was the thing where, you know, when stuff is so racist, you just start laughing. It's just funny. It was like, ah, oh, this is just... The this, comedy of this racism is... Just racism. is you can't deny that. And the Donald Sterling thing played into a number... It was, first of all, surreal. Yeah. It was... You couldn't believe it had happened. And it touched on so many, like canonical racist things. Yeah. You know it's like I mean? the checkbox of race, it was racism. Like, if you were going to teach a class on racism <laughs> or how like, to be racist, this is the David Boardwell, Kristen Thompson book yeah. that you, this is like intro to, to film studies. This is that for racism. Yeah. And then Cosby, there was a different world reunion on own. And it was, yeah, I don't know how I didn't bring this up. <laughs> I have no idea how I didn't bring this up. It was. Did you know it had already happened? Okay, Oprah. It's Oprah, and the cast of the reunion cast. Of, I have no idea how I forgot this. I don't know how an alarm didn't go off on on, on Google on Alert. Phone. I mean, <laughs> Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Sinbad. Did Jada go? No Jada. No Lisa. No. Well, Lisa, understandable. Anyway. Did, anyway. Sorry. So, there was a moment, and I like I wasn't thinking about this it while I was watching the reunion. But once the stuff started coming out, it was one of the first things that I thought about was there was a moment when they were talking about kind of this opportunity that they got to be on the show, and there was like a as lot, actors as actors, you know, in a moment in history where the show was really important, you know, talking about HBCUs, everything. 
HBCUs being historically black colleges yes. and universities. Just uh, you know, uh, there was a moment where they were really, really, almost overly, like none of this would have happened without Dr. Cosby. And in the moment while I was watching it, I was like, sure, like mm-hmm. yeah, like this definitely the show would not have happened without Bill Cosby. But when I went back and thought about it, it felt, I have no idea if this is true, but it felt like they were almost, even then, like, reputation preserving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like, because it wasn't just, like, one person. It was like, they kept, it was almost like one person was just repeating what the other person said. Almost like as if they were, like, were going through the line, each person, mm-hmm. like, saying aloud that they, like, were very appreciative of Cosby. And when I went back to it, I was like, just thinking about how certain people have been very quiet about it, other people have been very open about it, and but how it's still, especially for those comedians or actors or other people who have interacted with them over the years, there it, it is a, a very, just like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now, or maybe even forever, there will be people who just don't believe it. Right. Don't, either don't want to believe it or genuinely don't believe it. And watching that, I was like, this is, this is interesting. And I yeah. also, that also makes me wonder, you know, as, as is the case with many things in culture, I'm like, I bet Oprah knows. Like, I bet, I just, I, I, I assume Oprah knows all. Yes. And yes. it was very interesting that she was the one leading this discussion because if i had to guess i'd say i bet oprah kind of you know she just she's all all knowing being you know it's just like once you once you go there it's hard to get out yeah and i think that that different world cast special you have to watch that is i i will be finding it immediately but i think you know what i'm hearing and what you're saying about the cosby the sort of upholding of Bill Cosby during, and then not just any Bill Cosby, but Dr. Cosby. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor. Because you remember in the different world credits, it's like Doctor William, William H. Cosby, Cosby like yep. like Ph. I, like his title is like it's like yes, a, a three yes, line yes. LinkedIn. It's it's so much. And you know, as a kid, I remember watching that and being like. Yeah, I know. I mean, that is some control. Like, he doesn't even want to be... He's not William Cosby no. in the credits for the Cosby show. No. But as the producer of those programs, he is Dr. William H. Cosby, PhD. Yeah. Um, but what I'm hearing in you saying that is his control. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing that keeps coming up in these stories. That AP video? And, and the AP video and, you know... Some of the journalists, too, I feel are, are riding an opportunistic wave in their recounting of, of their interactions with Bill Cosby. Yeah. Where he's either patronizing or rude or condescending or whatever. But I do, it does sort of sound like a sort of self, um, sort of a self-defense, like that he is able to sort of implant in people to defend him on his behalf? Even without or telling t- them. Without telling them. Like, incepting. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Second thing yes. I want to talk about is 
Thanksgiving just happened, mm. and my takeaway from Thanksgiving is always what comes up at my 40-person Thanksgiving. It's like a very, it's a very interesting way for me to gauge, to step outside of the internet bubble, mm-hmm. engage what people are actually talking about, whether, you know, I mean, a lot now a lot of what my mom and aunts and uncles talk about like they say the word facebook a lot mm. they say what they saw in like news feeds <laughs> and stuff a lot that wasn't always the case yeah, you know back in back in 08 yeah no that's you know they weren't necessarily doing that it was just like what what their friends were talking about right. but it is interesting to see what has has gained traction in that world and what they're not even focused on uh you went home. Uh, how was how was your Thanksgiving? What did y'all? Were, were there some were there some highlights in terms of what came up as topics of conversation? Well, I don't know if my sister's going to hear this right. or watch it, but we cooked together. Okay. Ugh. She abandoned me on Thanksgiving Day. What? To go run some errands and see my aunt. Like what time? She left at about ten thirty. Came back at about three thirty. That's not errands. That's five, what I think. Five hours. Whatever. I made a delicious dinner. <laughs> wow. By myself. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm over it. You're mm-hmm. moving on. So the other thing that happened. During, <laughs> do you have a question? The other thing is the thing I'm really mad about is she wanted to do something crazy to the mashed potatoes. What? She she found a recipe that she claims she likes that in, that involved potatoes, celery root, fennel, and some third ingredient. I don't support any of those other three things being in my, in my mashed potatoes. Are these mashed potatoes... I think Thanksgiving is the single worst time to try something new. It is the single worst it's time worst. to try something new! Yes. But everybody always tries to do it! It makes me so mad! I... Look... I'm not a purist. I mean, I'm a purist about a lot of things, but I'm especially a purist when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, of course. Don't trot out your new Ina Garden recipe <laughs> at my Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I don't want it. Leave Jada at home at your house. I bring z- like 0.1 to the table when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. I wander around the kitchen. Granted, it's Do you in, pick? in my house. Are you picking? My picking, like, you know, oh, there's a turkey. I'm going to, like, take some turkey off. I just kind of wander around and am, have designated myself taste tester. Mm, see, yeah. Was... Like, sometimes I'm just, like, more salt, even if it doesn't need it, because that means I get a second bite, <laughs> which is very rude. I hope no one ever finds that out. But that's been my move for a decade. But my favorite thing about Thanksgiving, my cousin and I used to do this back in the day, back in the day meaning, you know, Nine, mm-hmm. where we would just sit in the corner and watch how the conversation moved over over the course of the evening, mm. and we would just text each other all the stuff that came up, and then we would compile them Ooh. and like send them send it to our friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then as we got more technological, this is like actually I could probably pinpoint my blogging career. To the Thanksgiving Facebook notes that I used to write in like yeah. 07, 06, 07, 08. <laughs> because it was like we would predict some 
and they would typically come through. And if they weren't coming through by like, as topics or as um, stances on a topic, I would just like I would I would just be in the corner and just yell like Mike Vick. Ooh. And then my aunt would just like perk up and say something, <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> so like that still happens. Like I, you know, a lot of stuff. Like I got, I got like pinned in the corner by a bunch of my cousins because they wanted to talk about Ferguson, mm-hmm. and it was actually an amazing conversation. <laughs> they wanted to talk to you about Ferguson because well, they knew I went down there. Right, right, right. But also, two of them were ex police officers, mm. and to be completely like honest, like I hadn't talked to really any black police officers about Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to hear two of my older cousins who used to work for the Atlanta Police Department, their take on everything. It was, like, very... It was was refreshing, and some of the stuff they said, I never would have thought about. Other stuff made perfect sense. Some stuff I agreed with, some stuff I didn't. But just the fact that they, you know, there's a lot of like, police of the devil mm-hmm. talk right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to hear uh, a very kind of, for what it is, an open-minded take on the idea of community policing and race and neighborhoods from two ex-police officers, it was, like, very interesting. Yeah, my brother-in-law is really good friends with a Pennsylvania, with a Delaware state trooper. Okay. And some of, I actually have a really, I have a couple of good friends who are police officers, too. Uh-huh. White. Um... And there are some differences. Yeah. yeah. Bet- like, philosophical differences about, like... How to police. How to police who, in this situation, is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And, like, what the law... I mean, this is not surprising. This shouldn't be surprising to anybody. But when those people are in your life and yeah. you are hurting the way, you know, my friend understands me to probably be hurting... Yeah. As a as a Negro, mm-hmm. um, and then to begin to try to have a conversation with him about what, like how I'm feeling, and yeah. I'm, you know, I was also sensitive to how he was probably feeling because you know, which is yes, I've been friends with him for a long time. He's on the Cambridge Police, you know, like it's like when the Skip Gates thing happened. Oh, uh, with the yes, you know, we got a huge argument about that. Yeah, because he was just like that guy's a fool. And I'm like, don't you talk about Skip Gates like that. <laughs> you can't call Skip Gates a fool, even though, you know. I mean, you, you can. <laughs> I didn't. But I'm not taking, I'm not going to let a cop call Skip Gates a fool. Nope. You don't say that about Skip nope, Gates. you don't. You don't say that. You do not. And, you know, that was the beginning of, like, a fairly honest dialogue with him about these sorts of things. And he never ceases to not surprise me. Hey. Do you know what I mean? He is, he is down the line, you know, on the side of... You know, I mean, there are moments when there are clear transgressions of the law. I, this to him, without knowing all the facts according to him, you know, he's sensitive to how I feel but doesn't think that Darren Wilson did anything wrong. It's just... It's tough. I'm going to well up just thinking about it's the just, difference between it's you and You know? Um, but he's, he's sensitive to how I feel. Great. Before we go on, I'm going to rank top five dishes that happened at my Thanksgiving. Uh-oh. My mom's... I'm going to get very jealous. My mom's macaroni had, like, a huge comeback this year. Ooh. Isn't it terrible when it's off? It was... 
That's the thing. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. It, and when it's off, it's it had a incredible comeback this year. Mm, what happened last year? I, you know what? There were. <laughs> this is this is it. You can be honest. Somehow last year, two macaronis showed up. <laughs> And this is why <laughs> and you can't bring stuff That's to my Thanksgiving. Like, there are there are rules. Like every like my aunt Ava makes a meatloaf. Like like people come through. Like there's not like we don't need an Excel document. Like everyone knows <laughs> what they do. But something happened last know year. Know your role at Thanksgiving. And someone else brought a macaroni into my mom's house. And I didn't say anything. Ooh. No one said anything. I don't even know who brought it. But it was like, <laughs> I, I felt the tension in that pan in the corner of the room that didn't get as good placement as my mom's, which I respect. Uh, so what happened, though? But this, I think it was just like, last year was like a little runny or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. No, okay. Uh, but so, all right, macaroni. Macaroni. Uh, my aunt's meatloaf is just... Off the chain. It was just incredible. Aunt Ava hooked me up. Oh. Hooked me up, Aunt Ava. My my mom sent me back to Atlanta with a meatloaf sandwich that made it through TSA. Well, that they shouldn't stop you with that. I'm just like I don't know the rules. What do you put on your what do you, what's on it? It's just like there's just all types of stuff inside it, and then it's just like just gravy, just just gravy. Okay, TSA probably should have stopped. <laughs> yeah, you. there's just loose gravy in my backpack. Just... Um, there was. A German chocolate cake that presented itself. I'm allergic to chocolate, so my mouth will not water when you really it. can't eat it. Totally ah. allergic. Wow. Um, my friend Franti, whose family is full of doctors, does not believe this, and neither do her three children. So whenever I see them, they're like, "We're gonna give Wesley <laughs> some chocolate and see if he's really allergic." That's like not nice. Like you, that would kill me. Die. But they don't believe that. Go on. Neither does their mother. So uh, my aunt uh, made. Uh, her greens are incredible, mm. but usually, maybe she's just busy. But usually, they're in a <laughs> pot like this big. Yeah, like a giant stock pot. This year, they're in a pot like this big. They shrink down. Maybe so she when it came them. to like the leftovers, it was like this much. Ooh, yeah. I had there was one serving of greens <laughs> left for over. everybody, and like oh oh oh, I, I see. I love my family so much, but the. The lack of leftovers in our house this year was mm. was shameful. Yeah, no, it's I understand. And then the funniest thing that appeared was like there were just randomly three Smirnoff ices. <laughs> 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 I just like didn't know what to do with that information. Mm. Like my mom, we had like the punch bowl, the big old tea bowl, some wine. Like my, my family's not like a huge drinking family, right? Right. Uh, and my mom doesn't drink. But they were just, like, in, in the corner, there were, like, some wines, a couple beers, and then just, like, these three Smirnoff Ices. They advertise well, that company. And when everyone left, there were still three Smirnoff Ices. And I decided not to go out that night and just drink all three. And <laughs> had a terrible headache the next morning. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I love Thanksgiving. As do I. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about has to do with where we are in the year, which is the amazing slash overwhelmingly terrible <clears throat> reality of December, which is everyone talks about the year. 
Yeah, so let's get a jump on that. So let's get a jump on that. It's December 1st right now. Yes. So we are about to beat everyone, including Grantland.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, don't start that for two more weeks. Yes. Um, I have a whole bracket to do. Mm. I love the bracket. Yeah, it takes forever. I know it's a lot of work, <laughs> but forever. I can tell you as a reader of the bracket, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I just want to know, I want to go back and forth, and two things from this year that were just of note that you feel like kind of either represent this year or meant a lot to you this year or you hated this year, like, whatever. Uh, do you want me to start? You I should start. I'll start. This is, with the track record that I have on this subject, this is kind of wild to admit, but I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of obvious at this I'm point. I'm fastening my seatbelt. The... Watching the the Knowles Carter oh. kingdom slightly oh. crumble, we're going up <laughs> to the crest and not I'm looking down and not being that upset. Oh, we're going down on the roller coaster. Oh, sugar, we're going down. We're going down. I don't know. I I just I just can't care as much anymore. Don't you feel like I'm exhausted? They exhausted me this year, and I have very little to give. Because the, what did they give you? Yeah. What do you have to show for it? Solange's wedding. That's Solange's all. wedding, which on the power ranking, Solange is number one. Well, be, you know why? Because whatever is going, whatever mystery there is to be solved in there, I feel like she is Hercule Poirot. She is like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and she's Angela Bassett and what's love got to do with it. And I feel like she's the only person telling the truth. She's at the middle of that Venn diagram. She, she is, yes. She's Angela Lansbury. Yes. And she, Murder, She Wrote. I An- feel like... Angela Merkel. Angela Merkel. <laughs> oh, my God. She's Angela Merkel, too. <laughs> I feel like the thing about... So here's the thing. Here's the one thing Solange isn't doing. Okay. Recording any music I want to listen to. Which I really... Miss. I mean, she did that thing with Chromeo. She did a couple songs with that Chromeo record that I like. But I think if she could turn all this truth and rage and defense and everything going on with her, like her her totally fascinating self-consecration as an important person has no artistic corollary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like she needs to be doing something about that right now. Because she proved to us like a year and a half ago that she could make a really good project. To quote her sister, I care. (laughs) I care. (laughs) But I do not care about the empire. Yeah, I, you know, maybe this is, this is a, this is a bigger issue for me, which is, the reality of just not caring as much about day in, day out rumors and gossip and blah and blah and blah as much as I once did. <clears throat> but it's a little different because the individuals in the the empire I have I have had so such strong feelings for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to watch all of it come together which makes you think it's that's only going to exponentially rise, but actually all of it coming together has made it less interesting. Also, isn't it kind of appalling to even care with all the other stuff happening? 
in the yeah. world right now and how yes. disengaged from it they all are. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the thing that's obnoxious to me. Yeah. Is there's all this stuff happening in the world and the only person who seems to be responding to it in that universe is Killer Mike. God bless Killer Mike. God bless Killer Mike. He needs to, at some point, he's going to sit there. Yes. I, I, that, we, guy, that, guy, that guy's incredible. Come talk to Rem, please. I'm, I've met Mike. Mike is great. Yeah. No, I, I mean, love Mike. I just feel like this is what's wrong with a lot of other things that are wrong with the world. Yeah. And I feel like interest in them is legitimate up to a point, but there's a point at which it becomes unseemly. Yeah. And this is why I, I genuinely believe this, and I, I said this before. When there was that moment <clears throat> when you had Kanye and Jay, and they were making Watch the Throne, and a lot of their songs were very kind of radical and pro-black and political and everything right. like that, I didn't believe that th- this was like half Kanye and half Jay. I thought it was like 95% Kanye, 5% Jay. Because use the example of Killer Mike, it's like you need the the toolkit and like the experience of just spending time thinking about issues Mm -hmm. to then talk about them. Right. And I don't, I think some people care, they just haven't spent a lot of time thinking about them. And that's what disappoints me. Ends in Paris. You know? Yeah. Like, N-words in Paris. I mean, I love that song, but I just felt like the the people... I, I, I wanted the people who made that album to turn the mirror around and show us us. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but that... I don't... They're not the... They're not... I don't think they have the power to... Or the capacity anymore to do that. I do you? I I do. What I think is disappointing about it is you want your most talented people to be talented all the time. Mm-hmm. You want your most clever and creative and most talented and verbose rappers to then be able to use that skill set they have in other arenas. Yes. And more often than not, when stuff pops up in the world that seems to be important, you kind of get, you kind of learn about people's one, dimen- mm-hmm, one dimension, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that, <clears throat> that's upsetting. And, like, there are a lot of people who are, like, they're rappers or whatever, they're famous, like, we shouldn't expect anything more from them than anyone else. Like, that, that gets said a lot. I, F you. <clears throat> You can't. I mean, I don't believe that. Just, I mean, that's what people say that. And when if you're like, well, what are they supposed to do? It's like <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything. I mean, which is why I love LeBron. Right. Oh, yeah. LeBron's a perfect example. Yes. Like, you can tell LeBron like cares. LeBron's like, this issue is happening. I'm a father. I have sons. I'm going to say something, even if it's not a New York Times op-ed. He has no platform. I mean, you know what I mean? He uses the he uses his platform really well. Yeah, and it's not it's not like it's rocket science. It's like two tweets. Right. And it's not right. It's not deep. 
He is not. He has no solutions. He has no answers. It's just the the reality yes. that he is in tune. And he wants society to change. I'm a person who does this one thing for a living that has nothing to do with what is happening in the world. But I, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not asking them to like, I'm not asking the Carter Knowles empire. I don't even know what I'm asking them to do. Yeah. But I, I, I do feel like there's a way in which, and it's not just them, obviously. There are a lot of people. There's a lot of people not doing a lot of things. Yeah. But this might bring me to my to my to the thing that I'm yeah. I'm sick of. Yeah. Disaster journalism. The should we name the person about whom I'm thinking most specifically? You know what that one is? Yes. Yes. No. I mean, it's hard for me, right? I I feel a certain kind of pride in Don Lemon uh-huh. up to a point. Um, I feel like people like Don Lemon, who are shipped out to these situations like Ferguson, yeah. have a slightly different moral responsibility and ethical responsibility to represent the scene on the ground as it is actually happening. Yeah. No, I'm not. I didn't go to Ferguson. You did. I didn't. You know, I I, I wasn't there either time. Mm-hmm. But just sitting at home in my living room watching what was going on from a number of high-profile journalists and cable news networks, I was in, in, increasingly infuriated by the myopia of the coverage. Yeah. The juxtapositions. Of the images, the the way in which there is a tone set about who the people of Ferguson are versus who they actually actually are. Yeah. Um, I don't know what those two things turn out to be, but I do know that I'm familiar with how black people are talked about in the media. <laughs> And yeah. behaviors that get talked about I mean, and people that you focus on. And to hear Don Lemon, who is black journalist at CNN, sort of buy into that yeah. representation it's, and, and to uphold it. T- TV is, is, is it's just tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough for me to rely on it. Live news Cable. It's it's just it's hard because yes. you you depend on it in a way because it it the same even though yes like Twitter the internet is also a twenty four hour news cycle but you know like we're 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 trained to watch television and to almost trust the news and to think. That is what what they're showing us is closer to the truth. That is than sort false. of the the immediacy is what you want. Yeah, you know what I mean. You you the reason I watched so much TV in both situations was that I mean it was the most re, it was the most sort of directly reliable mm-hmm. stream from a place. 
Yeah. And I'm also, you know, I'm savvy enough to then read other things the following day, but you want to know what on the ground is actually happening. Yeah. And so much of that is diluted by, quote, coverage, unquote. Yeah, it's it's this idea of wanting to think the person who is doing the reporting or the person who is delivering you the news is doing so without any other ulterior motives. So there's yes. like yes. they're not being yes. put up to something. Right. right. They haven't like their thoughts and what they're saying haven't been co opted by like a greater That's being. the Anderson Cooper thing for me too, where I'm just like I just feel like whenever something is going on in the world, Anderson Cooper is like, I have to be there. Yeah. Not for me and you, yeah. but kind of for him. Yeah. You know? I have one other thing sure. about this year that I am very interested to see how this plays out in 2015. I think Twitter's peaked. Mm. I think you're going to start seeing people just slowly wean off of it. Yeah, I, well, you and Cord talked about this. Yeah, a bit. and I and I, I've I've gone back to a place. I, I I feel like my the way I've treated the internet as long as I've been on it, where was when I first started. The only people I trusted were the people I knew, mm. and then you get to a point where you're like really close with people you've never met, and you have all these relationships and. Like, who needs to know anyone in real life? Like, that's right. that's just, like, an overrated thing. Yes. That's, like, a thing of the past. Now I'm kind of getting back to the point where I'm, like, if I don't know you, like, it's, I just... That's I how I am on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's my... I don't use Facebook, but, I mean, you know, I have strangers, like, Facebooking me. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, to be friends. Yeah. I, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> and... Twitter's a little different for me, but I also understand what you were trying to get back to. Yeah, I mean, it's... And it's it, it, it's no... Like, there are still people that I communicate with that I've never met in person. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we email, like, whatever. But it's... There's just that notion, again, it's like, I see what you're doing. I, I see how you're promoting yourself. I see what you're talking about. I see the causes you stand for. I see who you interact with and, mm-hmm. and how that's changed over time. I'm, I'm watching all of this happen, and I I just I hope that it's all authentic. But I sometimes I just I just don't know. But don't you think that some of this is like we've reached a point where it's just so like it's just nasty. It just puts you in a bad mood. I think it it. You don't know where it's come from, and I think that it starts to spread, right? Now yeah. there's a kind of viral contempt. I, I joke about this all the time. Like, I wake up, I get online, and <clears throat> by, like, 20 minutes into the day, I try to, like, figure out what we're mad about. Mm, yeah. And I use the we very sarcastically. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you probably don't apply to most of the we's. <laughs> because I've except got, there's a couple that you do. I've gotten, like, very... I've, I've become, like, a very, like, salty person on online, which is, like, one of the reasons I think I'm just going to, like, kind of take myself off of mm. Twitter. So I this like, is, like, you don't like who you are. Well, I don't... A little bit. I don't, you know... Or what it makes when I when I when I get to a place where I'm, you know, deleting more tweets 
or like deleting more tweets before I send them mm-hmm. than I actually send because most of the stuff I want to say is just like either just bashing someone that's dumb or saying something that's like really sarcastic and isn't helping anything or just like kind of being a troll mm-hmm. or this or that. It's like got me back to a world where it's like I kind of just like I need everyone's phone number so we I can text mm-hmm. because I don't I don't you know I I just it doesn't it doesn't make me as happy anymore and if I'm not I I already don't use this as a serious tool mm-hmm. it used to just be my place to just say dumb things and silly things that would just happen to pop into my mind. And right now, like, I have a lot of fun using Twitter on Sundays when football happens. Mm. Other than that, just, like, you know, the people that I used to interact with on Twitter, like, I have their emails and I have their phone numbers <laughs> and they're on my G-chat, so I'll just talk to them there. I don't right. need everyone else to see those conversations. Right. That's another uh, thing, yeah. No, so, I mean, I feel like a number of things are happening. And I don't want to... Did you see Citizen 4? No. Way? It's really great. It's good... Um, I am positing, and I know this is a little bit of a stretch, and you'll have to forgive me, especially given my previous secondhand conspiracy theory, (laughs) but I think there's a way that Edward Snowden is maybe the most important person. We don't even, we can't even really appreciate it yet. Yeah. But there is a way that I think he might be the most important person to do something at all. In the last twenty years, yeah, at least in this country, I won't, I won't, I can't. There are other people like Malala, you know. I mean, there are a lot of other people who are doing important stuff in the world. I think that what Edward Snowden has has at least allowed us to think about is what privacy means. Yeah, what public discourse is, mm-hmm. what the bounds of of government should be. And these are questions that I think had come up in certain aspects of what the Tea Party was, like, legitimately concerned about, you know? Like, the legitimate aspects of of Tea Partyism and and that kind of conservative politics. I think the points at which liberalism and conservatism meet up Uh are around Edward Snowden. I think he is a real... I think the issues of privacy are unifying issues. I think the ways in which we're increasingly uncomfortable uncomfortable with blowing off what those leaks told us about what the NSA was doing yeah. are really important. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day, and this is when I was just thinking about Obama, um, who, you know, is still, is still my guy. I'm still there. He's, you know, he's like, he's an important guy to me. If Obama wasn't the president, even maybe like Senator Obama, I feel like Senator Obama, 04 Obama, kind of loves. 04 Obama. I know. Kind of loves Snowden. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Obama can't love Snowden right now. No. But you know. Yes. Brock's like, this is an excellent point, right? And that is that that that's like one of those things where it's like ah like think about oh ah. think about oh four Obama on Ferguson he'd be in Ferguson right now yeah I mean I'm sorry he or he at least would be at the, the Chicago Ferguson rally yeah I mean I, you just you see you see his trajectory you see you see how passionate 
he was, you see what he cares about. It's just one of those things where there's no convincing me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm with you that he has somehow like been somehow brainwashed like or... been brainwashed or like doesn't get it anymore. It's okay. like no, like well, okay, but how about this? Do you accept that there is a way in which the presidency? There are just certain practical matters of being president that are so, kind of diametrically opposed to being a black male. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and being a particular, being the yes. particular kind of black male. I mean, this is, I mean, I feel like the answer is obviously yes, but we wouldn't have known that were it not for the last so far six years, yes. right? And I think that. The people who are frustrated with him and disappointed in him are frustrated because there's a kind of reality that's set in with everybody. I look at Malia and Sasha at that turkey sanctioning blessing, whatever the that was. <laughs> I look at their faces, and that that's 04 Obama and Michelle. Like, that's Barack and Michelle in 04. The two of them? I mean, are you giving me fucking me on I feel like the two of those girls, and you know all the racist stuff that was said about the, the, that like, whole thing. Like those are grown-up girls. Like they know what's they know like, what's they, going on not, in the world. They're not four and seven. Like they, I just feel like they go to Sidwell. They know they are going. such. A, well, <laughs> don't even go. <laughs> Some of my best friends went to Sidwell. It's fine. Just saying. But I just feel like this is, I mean, I don't want to chalk this, this is not an experiment, except it kind of is, right? It is completely an experiment. It's a so, the presidency of Barack Obama is a social experiment. Yes. And I think we're learning a lot of stuff. I think Snowden and he, he's been forced by, by, by sheer fact of the job to, say things about Snowden that, I, I mean, they're not true. This is not true. They're not true. And, but I get where he's coming from as the, quote, leader of the free world, unquote. Yeah. Um, I get that as, the, as, the, as a person who is getting all kinds of reports from all kinds of places about all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. that releasing... All of that, all of those documents and those programs, the information about them flies in the face of all of that stuff. One thing I'd never really considered, and I don't really let him off the hook for it, but tell me what you think. By Obama behaving in the manner that he has. With regard to what? With regard to being... As presidential as, as presidential as the presidents before him. Yes. Perhaps even more, more so. It it allows for a second black president. Oh, this is interesting because I think you're wrong. But go on. <laughs> if, oh, <laughs> I, I think I think the second term was our second black president. <laughs> no. But go on. The Obama I want is an Obama that I think may 
divide may have divided the country even more mm-hmm. and might make it harder for the country to be like let's put another black president in because he went so against he or she went so against the grain mm-hmm. i think you mean he was more centrist or more conservative than the liberals who elected him expected him to be yes okay and i think the idea of being centrist allows for more replicas of you in the hopes that either this person whether they're republican or democrat are either like as conservative as expected or as liberal as expected i th- i think yes and i think like if i If I was elected president, oh my god, I can't wait to vote for you. <laughs> and I came in and was just like, okay, y'all, let, y'all let me in. I have four years, and I'm about to just like do what I want. Anything resembling me probably doesn't happen for like a generation. He doesn't even get to a second year because, I mean, with all due respect, what was the number one thing that we were all afraid of on election night? Do you think? In his, you know, his, like, victory lap, like, that last year, like, Obama does, just, like, starts just throwing grenades and just, like, you know, that thing that, like, people always wanted him to do. You think he just, like, signs this thing, does this thing, makes this speech. He's kind of doing that now. I mean, mean, executive action? I mean, look. I think as a matter, as a general matter of policy, I think it's a really dangerous thing. Him, I mean, he did every, I mean, nothing he did was illegal officially. No. But I think that, that you know, I, I think this is where he's at. He is a Congress that isn't, really isn't going to do anything now. Mm-mm. Like, he's in this position where, like, I feel like he, he's not a grenade thrower. He's a strategy guy. Yeah. He's contemplative. Okay, fine. He's cold. He's aloof. He doesn't engage with people. He doesn't want to, like, he thinks he's right. Yeah. Okay, fine. But I think that he's, go- he's not going to leave office having just barely passed health care. Yeah, I agree. I think he wants to leave a mark that let some other idiot undo that, undo those things. Yeah. We just got a report today that say the climate, I mean, the, the, the planet's in the toilet. Yeah. Interstellar is going to happen. It's happening. Like, like January. Michael Caine <laughs> and Jessica Chastain. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Are Interstellar's underground right now, figuring out a way <laughs> to either plant that stuff on some planet somewhere. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that, that thing that tried to land on a comet was just trying to land on a comet? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Nope. They are trying to get us off this planet. I think this is a guy who doesn't want to leave office like with Banks. Interstellar 2 hanging in the balance. I'm just saying. Because he doesn't want to watch that movie. I sure. barely wanted to watch the first one. Also, I had Obamacare for three months, and it was great. <laughs> so, I, you know, With all things said, like, you, really, you really helped me out. Uh, Wesley Morris, thank you for... Um, that might have been like a four-hour podcast i have no idea uh we have we have we have, we have wonderful editors yeah thank you so much uh wesley thank you for coming we didn't even get to talk about saya 
and how happy that song <laughs> made me. Yeah. Or the fact that Pitbull apparently has schools. Yeah. Next time. Uh, this is Rainbow Explains. Thank you. Uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcast.